Hello, this is Andrea Nakayama, and today I'll be mapping story on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. This is Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist, and I am both your host and guest today. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. And I'm here with you today to mark our 100th episode of the podcast. I can hardly believe it. I was shocked and pleased to win the Evolution of Medicine's Podcast of the Year Award earlier this year, and I'm so very grateful for all your support and your insights as you listen to the podcast each week. Whenever I'm in the company of other like-minded practitioners and coaches, I often hear feedback about the 15-Minute Matrix, and I can't tell you how happy that makes me and the entire team here at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. We love that you love this podcast. The podcast initiative was born out of my desire to use a medium I love and that I think is very powerful. That's audio, in case you haven't guessed. And to remind each of us about three critical factors in healthcare. Everything is connected. We are all unique. All things matter. Everything is connected. We are all unique. All things matter. This is a great mantra and one I speak to in my most recent ebook, The Roadmap to Resolution. When we think these simple phrases, we are reminded of what science is already telling us the omics, the precision medicine and epigenetics movements, and findings upon which these simple phrases refer have all certainly taken their place in medical research and selective areas of practice. It's my belief that we can take our clues from these fields to bring more empathy and bioindividuality to what we do in clinic, in our practices, with the people who need our help, and to deliver a more person-centered model of care. And really, the functional matrix itself upon which this podcast is based, reminds us of those factors. You can see it right there on the page. Everything is connected. We are all unique. All things matter. The 15-Minute Matrix is my subtle and hopefully fun way to remind you of this each and every week. As we take a topic and map it on the matrix, whether that's magnesium or mindset or meditation or menstruation, whether it's autophagy or ACEs or APOE or arthritis, we see it again and again. Everything is connected. We are all unique. All things matter. So what is story in the clinical realm and how is story connected to everything else we see occurring in the clinical manifestations unique to the individual? And why does it really matter? Why does story matter? Well, story is, of course, an account of past events in someone's life or in the evolution of something. We all know this. 
And in a clinical context, story is so much more. Story is where we can turn to gather more insights into the clinical interventions that we're considering. To me, the primary value of story is context. And context in clinical care is everything. Believing in the power of context is what makes our practices functional. So consider this, when we think through the lens of a microbial imbalance or an inflammatory factor, we have to look at context within the microbiome or the gut health and integrity. When we look at a genetic polymorphism, we need to think about context. As I was reminded in a conference this past weekend, genes don't express themselves one at a time, but instead in clusters. They're called polygenomic clusters or families, as well as based on the individual's epigenetic factors. And understanding these critical contexts are the only way to consider predictions based on those genetic SNPs we all get so curious about. I always like to say it's not about the roots, it's about the soil, the terrain. This is context. So when we consider a person coming to us seeking a person-centered approach to their care, even if they don't know that's what they're looking for, it's what we all want, we want to remember that while target practice has a place, that is not usually the case in health care. Acute care, yes. Health care, no. On the functional nutrition matrix, we have the story on the left side, the soup in the center, and the skill on the right. In the Reframe Nutrition series, where I teach into how to use this functional nutrition matrix, I articulate that in relation to story, we all live by a narrative every day and every minute of our lives. Narrative is the human way of working through a chaotic and unforgiving situation, like a healthcare crisis. The brain develops stories to filter and make sense of the flood of information that we're exposed to every day. And your client or patient is arriving to you in a place that oftentimes feels chaotic, confusing, and certainly unresolved, or they wouldn't be seeking your help. Point being, they have a story to be told, and that story is impacting their health. That story they're telling themselves is impacting the way their body functions and their habits, how they behave, the skills that they put into action. So in order to tell you a little bit about why I'm captivated by story at this very moment in time, it's always been important to me, but why it's sort of resurfaced and why I wanted to make it the topic of our hundredth episode, I want to tell you just a quick little story of my own. So my son Gilbert, who creates the music for the podcast, is in his first year of college. And we were texting articles and podcasts back and forth, as we do sometimes. And he texted me that his sociology class that day had changed his life. So that perked up my ears. What does that mean? What does that mean in his story, right? What was it that impacted him? So as a curious mom, I asked him to tell me more. And he told me about the sociologist, George Herbert Mead. So I got curious again, and I went on a little hunt. Who is this sociologist and what is he all about beyond what Gilbert shared with me in that text exchange? 
That text exchange led me not just to George Herbert Mead's work, but to the work of the medical sociologists. Who knew? I didn't know that back in the 70s and early 80s, there was a group of medical sociologists. They were part of the Chicago School of Sociologists, and they were looking at the medical terrain and the terrain of the individual. They were looking at how medicine and a chronic illness impacts an individual. And I started reading because I thought this was fascinating. It's so interesting how science takes time to make it to clinical practice and that these conversations were happening way back in the 70s and the 80s, really around the same time as the birth of some of the functional and integrative practices. But in clinical care, we're often waiting for the evidence to come to light. We're waiting for the published studies when there's actually information brewing in conversation at another level, that when we're looking at diet and lifestyle modification versus medical intervention, we can really be drawing upon that research and those inquiries that are happening in that arena. So the Chicago School, that led me to the work of Michael Bury, B-U-R-Y, and he wrote a paper called Chronic Illness as Biographical Disruption, says it all right there, right? Chronic illness as biographical disruption. And in that, he's looking at the distinction between an acute care event, a chronic disease, which we often look at as a lifestyle disease like diabetes or heart disease, and chronic illness, these undefined areas that lead us to this place where we need to consider as clinicians how this event, this unknown, has impacted this person's understanding of themselves. So I began to think of the patient's story in a whole new way. In the timeline, in the functional nutrition timeline, which I'll talk about in just a moment, we have the events, right? We have the age of the individual and the events that occurred, the healthcare events. What we're often asking them is what else was happening in your life at that time externally, So you had uh, food poisoning. When that occurred, what else was happening in your life? And what I realized is that while that medical event, that health event is something that we look at in the bones, in the skeleton of the person's story, and what's happening in their life externally is something we want to explore in our timeline and motivational interviewing. There's another side to the story, and that other side is what's happening inside. So when thinking about what I call a big, big in our classification of patients, and a big, big is someone who has a big health issue, they may have even taken big medical interventions to try to resolve it. And the second big is regarding their diet and lifestyle change. So in our clinic, for instance, at the Functional Nutrition Alliance, we work with people who tend to be big, bigs. They have big healthcare issues, a diagnosis of some sort or an unresolved issue, and they've taken a big effort in relation to diet and lifestyle modification. 
We are moving into an arena where we will be serving more big littles, meaning they have a big health event like a diagnosis. They may have sought multiple different kinds of medical intervention, but they may be newer little to the realm of diet and lifestyle modification and habit change. So again, those are the classifications, big, big and big, little. And I'm talking here in relation to chronic illness about this category of bigs, people who have these big life events that are unresolved. And I started to think about the trajectory of the internal story that is occurring for this individual. So first, the person rationalizes the symptoms. They rationalize it. They say, I must be having joint pain because I moved last week or I did that CrossFit class. They rationalize why they're having the symptom. That is the first step. After that, there's a step that I'm going to call obscure. And this is where they hide that symptom or that set of symptoms from their family and friends because A, they're still rationalizing and B, it's not making sense. They don't feel like anybody believes them. It's making them feel a little separated from how they felt before. So they rationalize and then they obscure. It's a moment of hiding. And this can go on a long time, which means that the insult is actually getting more aggressive internally. It's doing more damage. So they rationalize, they obscure, then comes the point to acknowledge. And this is when they go to a doctor, perhaps they're sent to a specialist. There's some recognition that yes, this cluster of symptoms that you're experiencing is actually something. And there's a bit of relief in this acknowledgement mode. They feel seen for the first time. Next, we come to the diagnose stage. And this is when, for some individuals, they may actually receive a chronic illness diagnosis. This is typically in the realm of autoimmunity or some chronic infection. And there's this desire to identify and embrace. That's the next step. Yes, I have EBV. I have clostridia. I have Hashimoto's, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease. Now this all makes sense. And in the embrace stage, there's often also that identification with others who might have it and that seeking of an answer based on that diagnosis. So a little bit of the target practice, right? I embrace that I have this thing and that is the protocol to work with this thing, as opposed to understanding that they are unique and something led them there. The next stage is unfortunately obstruction. And this is where we realize that there's no quick relief. There are limitations of medical knowledge and treatments that are related to our misunderstandings in chronic acute care of how to work with chronic illness. And this part of the story, rationalize, obscure, acknowledge, diagnose, embrace, obstruct, That acknowledgement on our part of what's going on gives us another layer to the fascia of the story, of the timeline for the individual. So there's what's happening in the person's health trajectory. There's what's happening in their life at the same time that can be a contributing factor. And at the same time, there's what's happening internally and what that was like for them and really understanding how long that was going on. So I've been mentioning here the timeline, 
And another thing I've been diving into is the work of Dr. Leo Galland, who you can hear here on the podcast on episodes five and six. And he, of course, wrote the clinical paper in one of the Institute of Functional Medicine's book called Person-Centered Diagnosis principles and practice. And it really highlights the importance of that story part of the matrix, the antecedents, the triggers, and the mediators. So my call to action for all of us in this hundredth episode of the 15 minute matrix is to remember that everything is connected, that we are all unique and that all things matter. And one way to embrace that, there's many models that I teach into in the Functional Nutrition Lab that teach into how we embrace all of that and really bring it to light in our practices. But one critical piece of that is embracing a patient's story, embracing it with true functional empathy to understand all aspects in which the chronic illness itself has become a biographical disruption, as Michael Beery says, and how that biological disruption is itself impacting the trajectory of the illness. I hope this has been helpful for you. I have lots of resources available for you in today's show notes to take these concepts further. And I want to, again, thank you and applaud you for being here, for being part of this community, and for embracing the use of the matrix in your thinking and in your practice. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, as I mentioned, and our amazing Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes, 99 to be exact, at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, just head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready and waiting for you. And your feedback is always welcome please do let us know what you think of the podcast, who you think we should interview, what topics you'd like to see mapped. You can go ahead and email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.